more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, um, if you can, as you can probably hear, we're recording this week live from the floor of Book Expo America. That's the annual book publishing convention held usually in New York City, but this year... It's going back to Chicago, uh, actually where about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, it was held every year for about five or six years in a row. But anyway, uh, as you can hear, there's a lot of activity on the floor. But beyond that, I, I have the great pleasure to be here with uh, uh, a, a comics artist. You may not know her name now, but you will know it very soon, um, probably sometime in the fall when her book, a book called my favorite thing is Monsters Comes Out. Her name is Emil Ferris. And Emil, thank you so much for being on More to Come. I'm really pleased to be here. Um, uh, your book is amazing. Uh, some of the most incredible drawing I've ever seen. Um, uh, I, that's just the drawing. <laughs> it's, it, you've got a story that's uh, absolutely extraordinary. Um, it's, uh, it starts as a sort of a confessional but it embraces so many things. We're going to get into that just a second. But I would love, I'd love to know just a little bit more. Could you give us a little bit of your background? Uh, well, you know, I, um, I'm an, a child of artists. Both of my parents, like I, I think I mentioned to you yesterday, they met at the Art Institute as young puppies, yeah. 18, 19 years old. And um, they sort of, uh, they got together and... Uh, you know, my, my mother's famous saying in the family is, you know, she proposed to my father that uh, she clean his brushes if he would stretch her canvas. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> I love I, it. So they, they got together, they made a couple of artists, and because that's all our household was, you know, it was art. And, um, well, you know, I came to, I came to doing uh, comics... It was the first thing I did, but I never really realized that that's what I was doing. Just for, I'm going to interrupt for a second. You don't have to lean over. We're, we're recording here on the floor, and it's a little noisy, but you know what? I wouldn't worry to tell you this is a great mic. Just just talk naturally. I'll move the thing closer if I'm a little I'm worried. Sorry. No, you're fine. It, it, that doesn't matter. We're good. But I, I, you're, I, for those you can't see and you can't, she's hunching over, but there's no need. Believe me, this, it's this a great is, mic. This is the kind of thing that people who do not really yeah, know yeah. technology do. So that's fine. You just yeah. talk naturally. You can look at me, and okay. I'll bring the mic right underneath okay. you. That's fine. Beautiful. Yeah, and we're going to, and the mic will pick us up even over these uh, really excited people that are somewhere a couple of rows over from us. Yeah. Fancy, yeah. So, yeah, so um, your your mother wanted to clean his brushes if she would, if he would stretch her canvas. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> so you have, you have siblings who are also artists? I do, and, uh, but, you know, what I learned, the biggest, the biggest thing, the biggest influence for me was the Art Institute of Chicago, uh -huh. okay. which is where my parents were in school mm -hmm. and where I ultimately went to school later in life. Um, I, I came to comics through a series of tragedies, actually. Uh -huh. um, about, uh, let's see, I guess it's 13 years ago, I was bitten by a mosquito and I contracted West Nile virus. And oh, wow. uh, three weeks later, I woke up in the hospital paralyzed from the waist down. Wow. I had lost the use of my right hand and the ability to speak. And I had severe brain damage. So I could no longer draw. I could not walk. I, I realized that my life as an artist might be over. Wow. So I decided that what I would do is I took my little wheelchair and I rolled down to the Art Institute and I met a really lovely man named Scott Ramon who mm -hmm. said, look, honey, we're going to get you into this school. You've, awesome. been through, you've been through some major you-know-what. We're yeah, going to get yeah. you in here. Okay, you can't draw anymore. I showed him a portfolio and I said, I really can't do this any longer. He said, look, take your ability and learn to do digital stuff and do animation. Mm -hmm. So that's what I went to school for. Uh -huh. And I thought, you know, but what happened that was wonderful and, and I think art has been always saving me yeah. all my life you well, know when I was a child it, it was do it does <laughs> that and that's why I say you know really believe in your work because it will pull you through something horrible mm. and so I just started doing physical therapy and uh, I was told I would uh, the head of neurology at the University of Chicago said you will never walk again that was an well, absolute. You just walked up to me I here, know, <laughs> standing in the lobby here. One cane, but I'm still doing yeah, it. Yeah. And I have bad days and good days, but yeah. I got my hand back. Now, it's you know, it, it took a lot of work. I'll be honest with mm -hmm. you. It took a lot of work to get to back to drawing, but how do you get back to well, it? Well, you, you came draw. back in a big way. <laughs> well, you know, I... I, People, I can't... I, I, you have to see this book. You, I can't exaggerate the beauty, the depth, the soul 
of the drawings in your book. It, they're really, it's not like anything else I can even describe. There may be, Calvin, I'll say this to you, you know, Dr. Emoto, you've heard of him? He does these experiments with water where he, he had a Tibetan monk write words and pray over the water. And when they look at the water on a microcellular level, it, if the word is gratitude, the water's beautiful. Uh-huh. It has a symmetry to it. It's healed. Uh-huh. But if they look at the water uh, and, it, and hate is a word that was said, it's jagged. Okay. It's malformed. I think when you are, like I was relearning to draw with this hand, I was experiencing constant gratitude. Uh, That every little mark I could make, everything I retrieved and the ability to do it, I was feeling gratitude and that is in the book. Okay. Because the book is part of what I I came, is a long process, but I came back through Mm -hmm. the book. So, uh, you know, I I think that's there too. Well, you're a native Chicagoan. And New Mexican. And New Mexico. Oh, we're New okay. Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Um, but the book itself, uh, it's, it's all among, among the many things that this book is able to incorporate. It, it does an amazing job of sort of cataloging Chicago. It's a, it's oh, yeah. a great... This is the city I love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I really and do. It, and that comes through. And particularly of a of a, of, of, of working class neighborhood street-level uh, Chicago, if I may. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, um, my father was born on 71st in Stony Island. Okay. He was the son of a, a furrier mm-hmm. who sold uh, his first Al Capone. Al Capone was one of his customers. Ah. And he liked him. He said he was a nice young man. That's how he described his... <laughs> my grandfather described Al Capone. He said he was better than the police. You, you wanted to deal well, with the gangsters more than you did well, the police. We, yeah. Well, the police uh, in, in Chicago yeah. and New York... Yeah. Uh, Might have yes. some challenges. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Let's just put it that way. Um, but, you know... So I have this old kind of, he, he bought pushcart cheese off of Old Man Craft. Sure. <laughs> he, he put furs on the Armour Sisters. You know, people yeah, yeah. people who were of the time. And then there was the movie industry. And, and mm-hmm. there were all these starlets. And so my father moved us into uptown Chicago when we came here. Because I came back to the city at 6 from, from New Mexico. Uh-huh. And uh, I fell in love. And yeah. my father introduced me to the city with so much love. And, and a profound sense of awe about it, about the people. He taught me to draw on the L. We would uh-huh. sit, we would look at people. He would be in a restaurant, he would draw everyone. There must be a hundred busboys who have a framed picture of themselves. Ah, you know, really? because he would give them to them. And this oh. was, you, people would hold these drawings. I saw the reverence sure. people had for being immortalized in this way and with so much love and respect mm-hmm. and you know I learned that that's uh-huh. uh, that's what I learned is to is to really see the beauty and to immortalize it as much as possible well it comes very clearly in your work well why I, can you tell I mean I've I've talked about the book a little bit because I can't stop talking about the book since I've read it thank you for that by the way. Uh, I, I mean I can't I can't tell you how much it moved me but I and, and the book it can be incredibly sad, but it's also very funny. Um, it also, it's this sort of kind of visionary. I mean, I get, I get to babbling a little bit. So why don't you tell our listeners, what is uh, what is my favorite monsters? Tell us, what's the story that it, well, that it's you're the trying story, to tell? It's the story of a girl, mm-hmm. uh, Karen Reyes, yeah. who uh, has a small family. They live in a basement apartment. The building is a very important place. It's in uptown Chicago. It's a beautiful old building mm-hmm. built. Uh, it, it is, we don't immediately know this, but it's connected to the tunnel system that Al Capone built. Oh, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's part of mm-hmm. the story. And yes. that's actually true. Yeah. I mean, you can go underneath the city and you can see uh, a lot of uh, speakeasy oriented places uh-huh. and stages and there's sure. all kinds of secret stuff. Yeah. But she, she, what she's living over is, is a set of secrets. Yeah. Big secrets. Yes. And, and it is about being 10, 11, whatever years old and knowing that the people around you are holding things of interest to you yes and you want to know what they are you can just feel that there are things so there's a murder of somebody she dearly loves and she has to figure out who killed her neighbor who is a holocaust survivor as a consequence of wanting to know that she is exposed to these tapes that are very very beyond her age level Uh, they deal with such things as child prostitution and the weimar years in berlin and um just you know the holocaust so she is trying to figure out who killed this person who was shot through the heart. Who killed this woman? This I is love. Anka. Anka, yes. Yeah. But it's also about, 
you know, a, a, a young girl who's, who's alienated and who finds refuge in popular culture. Oh, very much so. In comics, in oh. horror scenes. Yeah, oh, oh, yes. And the way you bring this, the medium in, and in fact, the way these incredible, this incredible medium transforms her, at least as she's presented to us, is incredibly charming and engaging and really brings us into closer relationship to this, this character. Well, it was an interesting thing. I, I dealt with the reality that I wanted to create a child who already knows that she is lesbian. Mm -hmm. She knows, she already knows that she loves monsters. Yes. She already knows that she doesn't care if she's a pretty girl. Mm -hmm. She wants to be a smart and accomplished girl. Yeah. And she is, she has a certain, I'd say, rage for justice mm -hmm. that she sees that she sees in monsters because we really are the monsters yeah. Yeah. and and that dimension of the people she lives with she understands that she understands that mr silverberg is the mummy yeah she understands yeah, that, that anka is his love interest the dead mummy who, yes. you know mm -hmm. she understands that her brother is a vampire yeah she <laughs> understands that you know <laughs> i've never really quite nailed down what monster mrs Gronin is but she might be a, in a class She's by herself. the monster yeah. with the big boobs yes <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and uh, the strange teeth um, yes yes she yes. you know but she understands uh Describe her mother. Is it Marvella? Marvella. Yes, describe Marvella. Well, Marvella is uh, part Native American, part Irish, mm -hmm. and uh, she is just one of those people who's very superstitious. Uh, she, She's amazingly superstitious. Yes, <laughs> she is. And uh, I just, I enjoy drawing her uh, so much. And... Um, She's just a she's she's a, a character that I could spend time with. I, I've I've done a lot of other things about the book that relate to the early lives uh, of the characters. So there are parts of the book that maybe will come out later that will be on. Well, that's the thing. Is I understood that there were two volumes to this book, but you're telling me there's many more. There well, there actually are a full three volumes of the uh -huh. book, but there are side stories and backstories uh. that sort of. It flesh out the characters. Yeah. And I should also describe to our, our listeners here that, I mean, when you open the book, all of these, the drawings, the story play out across a notebook pad. Right. A spiral notebook. Right. I mean, that's what the it looks like when you read it. Yeah. Uh, um, and I should also say that it, it, in addition to everything else, in addition to the, the emotional power of the work, yeah. it's incredibly inventive it's, the, it's not comics as you expect them to look although you there are some panel pages and layouts at, at times but it more often looks like a sketchbook that morphs that morphs into a narrative line as you go through it yes. so yes. that's that's uh, I, I was I want to say something because I remembered a book while I was working on this uh, the book was a children's book. It was called My Name is Lion. And I can't remember the author right here, which I am truly sorry to you because you affected me, whoever you are. But it was about a Navajo boy. It was given to me by one of my aunts in New Mexico. And it was about a Navajo boy who was sort of being shoved into the mold of this white culture. Mm -hmm. And he is rejecting it. One of the things he says in the book is, when you're given a notebook with lines, draw the other way. Uh -huh. Or write the other way. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. I loved that so sure. much. And I, it, it, I held on to that. I just felt like that's what I want to encourage in other people. I want to encourage them to mm. break the rules that are constraining you and keeping mm. you from being who you really are. You know, just yeah. really go ball, badass. And your, and, and your drawings do transcend the lines. I want yeah. that. <laughs> and I kept, every time that happens, I'm, you know, uh, you're a monster. You're, you're, yeah. come, you're breaking out of the mold of your boring mundane humanity mm. and you're exploring this other thing inside yeah. you and it's it's good well one thing your book does it it, it breaks outside of all of the boxes i mean there, there's something different it seems to me on every page of this book um tell us about the monster magazines the horror zines because you there the chapters if i'm not mistaken sort of all start with these amazingly rendered 
covers, and I, I think you said yesterday that they're all imagined. You all made you made oh, them yeah. up, but they are in that mold of well, the classic horror. Sure, I was eating horror soup as a child. Yes, you know? I, see, I was like see. eyeballs floating and yeah, the fangs yeah, yeah, yeah. and the dripping blood yeah, and the yeah. headless and the and the mist and it was fo- it's foggy here in Chicago yeah. today, so it's like I'm oh yeah yeah no, this yeah, is your yeah. element. I'm like oh I gotta take some pictures because <laughs> I got I gotta draw something with fog in it. But anyway, the point I guess I'm making is that I just had that soup yeah for a whole childhood and then this is what you know it was so easy to say i i want something that evokes yeah. this and it just was inside me well, i just could regurgitate all these fangs and and you know all this stuff yeah but not just these 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 imaginary magazines that are so exquisitely rendered even though they're very funny also um and full of monsters and bimbos and, <laughs> yeah, you know. and Right, uh, because at one point Karen says, what is it? If you have big breasts, you are just so much more likely to get eaten by yeah, a monster. Yeah, they, just, that's and they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that was one of the things I really kind of wondered about, you know. But, as a but, kid. but the the range of art and the and the uh, of your own interest, but also of the characters and how they're moved through the book, they 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 travel from these horror scenes to the art institute to them to the museums in the city. And you reproduce in your incredible drawing style these great, you know, uh, masterpieces. Well, you have some of the in this museum over here. You have some of the most monstery paintings yes. that you could possibly. Paul Delvaux and, uh, and the Surrealists. You have yeah. just the uh, you know you have some beautiful, beautiful dollies and 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 even in the in the works by artists who are not really evoking a monster. You have mythological beings. It is a treasure trove for children, yeah. and and I don't think, I don't think they're taught yeah. how rich the history is. Well, um, your your book is almost like a an art history lesson, I and, and because it to you be. break and then, plus to see you draw in your style and recreate these masterpieces, it it, it illuminates the structures in the paintings. They're they're because and the other thing, of course, I can't we can't really convey over the over the, through sound is the incredible degree that you take cross-hatching it's uh, it's really just amazing but tell us your art materials which I, we also found out yesterday well yeah I um, when I started this book I decided it would be as much like a notebook as possible mm-hmm. it would be done in Bic Pen which meant that I had to explore the parameters of what Bic Pen can do mm-hmm. and that was a part of the challenge so it's a layering process there, there's a digital component to it where it's almost like an oil painting where I, I build up layers of this big pen, drawn mm. and drawn, and then layer them. But, you know, truthfully, you know, people, a lot of people who were looking at the book said, is this, uh, are you actually drawing? Or is this something that you did in the computer? No, it's mm. all drawn. The whole book is drawn. Yeah. But, you know, there are these layers that are built up. And uh, I don't know, cross-hatching, you know, Daumier and all mm, of these sure. amazing artists who I've Bar always from. just... Oh, from... <laughs> I, I think I sat as a child and just poured over Crumb's yeah. work. I, I don't I I remember just and Sendak and uh, mm-hmm, you sure. know just so many uh, brilliant drafts people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much to ask you about this book. Uh, I'm gonna as I did yesterday at I, and when I keep we, we keep referring to yesterday. Uh, this we're we're doing this interview the day after the um, uh, the book expo uh, book expo America's best fall graphic novels panel. So we had a wonderful panel on, on a stage on the floor of BEA um, with Emil, Box Brown, who has a new book coming out in the fall, and Raina Telgemeier also, who has a new book coming out in the fall. But, but, but I get to do one-on-one with you, which I'm really uh, I'm grateful for. Um, but uh, yeah, I lost, what was I going to ask you? Oh, I wanted to, one thing we did, I, and I want to go back to some of the characters. And you mentioned the brother, Dees. Tell us about Dees. Well, Dees is uh, <laughs> the vampire. <laughs> yes, he is. And his mother describes him as uh, that his women, who he has tattooed on his back, are um, smitten as if bitten. Yeah. And he has something that happens. Yeah, they, yeah. Karen notices that the women he gets with don't do well afterwards. Well, yes, they're, yeah, they yeah. don't. There's something that changes, whether that's really something bad or not, mm. whether they really, it's for the worst, she's not sure. Yeah. But they do tend to be drained somehow mm. of something. 
And, uh, you know, I have him as a character who who's troubled, but uh, beautiful. Yes. I yeah. mean, he's very, very yeah. beautiful. And Karen can yeah. see how beautiful he and is. He, and he's introduced Karen to the world of art Yes, as well. to the world of art. Mm-hmm. He, is her, he is her entree. Mm-hmm. And he is the person who's championed her and yeah. fought for her and bled for her. And he's flawed. Yes. And so yeah. to love... To love somebody, you know, there's a line in The Wolfman, the original movie, that kind of goes to this idea of being, um, of having a monster inside of you. It's at one point Claude Rains is talking to uh, Larry Talbot. And, um, you know, I think there's also this other aspect. We're inside of a monster. Our culture is sometimes monstrous. Our family systems are monstrous. We're not in charge of some of that. And we go along with it. And it's frightening, but it's also very, very beautiful. And there's a transformative experience mm-hmm. in living through that. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reflecting on those levels of mm-hmm. monsteriness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I left anyone out. You know, one, one person I didn't ask you about was the little girl. Sandy? Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a difficult story to tell. I, I Actually, it's based on an experience I had where... I went to a child's uh, birthday, and um, she was an uh, Appalachian girl, and we she, there was no furniture in her home, mm-hmm. and she took me into a closet, and I gave her a, um, a gumball machine, and she ate all the gumballs, yeah. and uh, she was hungry. Yeah, yeah. And her, um, that, her, in the book I don't have parents there, but in the actual experience, they were in a kitchen, but they were all drinking, and it was her birthday, yeah, yeah. and I was the only form of her entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And to experience poverty, which, you know, it was everywhere yeah. in uptown Chicago, we were all some level of poor. Sure. She was much poorer than I was, mm. and I saw, I saw the desperation of children, mm. and it really, it changed me forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of desperate characters in this book, but there is this quality of transcendence, this sense of transcendence that, that's always there, even in some of the most bleakest parts of the book. That's why I, you know, it's, it, there, there's a certain radiance to this book. The, the people are struggling in many instances. Well, I think that's the truth, yeah, though, isn't yeah, it? Isn't, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're beautiful, even yeah. in our despair and our emotional, physical, financial poverty, even in our struggles. I think if we know we're beautiful, if we know that um, this is what ennobles us. Yeah. yeah. And I think that at some point, Karen is realizing this is the ennobling thing, yeah. that people do struggle, and yet they, and they give everything, and they, they can change. They can be less than and then aspire to something more, and... You know, we're we're only judged by the light we're shown. Yeah. You know. So. There's another character actually I would love to ask you about. I think his name was Leroy. Or, Leroy. Yeah. Leroy. 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 Yeah. Who the is king. who looks like a monster? Well, he's Frankenstein. Yes, he is. He is definitely. He was rebuilt. He's one of the most beautiful Frankenstein's he I've ever seen. He is beautiful. Yeah. And um, I, I I I I fell in love with somebody very much like him, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know yeah, what to a, say about that's, him. That's all fine. That's <laughs> he's, a fine. He's beautiful. We'll leave some things well, for the people to read was, the book. What does he say? He says he's healed by uh, fashion, ma- voodoo, and fashion magazines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And at one point, they go through the museum, and you know, uh, I'm going to describe it as there's a metaphorical change, but you know, in the magic of comics, you can we can see the change. As they go in front of each painting, he takes on the personas of the painting in this beautiful series of drawings yeah. of him transforming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. It's the freedom. The freedom to say uh, clothes and the beauty and these silky fabrics and this fur and these feathers and the pearls and the and the you know the resonance of these dark backgrounds and. You know he's in. He's swept into it. He, he loves fashion, yeah. and uh, he loves he, he loves beauty, and he loves personhood, and he just tries it on all of this personhood. I I remember seeing people who were fairly closeted back in the '60s, mm-hmm. and I knew that they were completely 
completely jonesing on those pages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, especially when you're a kid and you're in school and you're in that school group that's going through and you know that boy, that, that tall boy who's like, oh, honey, I want to wear that <laughs> yes. so bad. And I just, I, 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 I felt that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's, he's, a, he's a misfit too. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's on the outside looking in, but, but there's a community I mean, that's what you kind of, it seems to me, create. Well, the here. monsters come together. Yes. They, they do. And yeah. I think we all know that as yeah. artists, essentially, we're, we are the yeah. monsters in, as artists. Yeah. We have to kind of, the culture isn't about us. Yeah. And, and, yet we know, and yet culture entertains itself and defines itself by what we do. Yeah. So we're really in an interesting there and not there place. Liminal, very much like monsters. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of, you know, all of these characters who are drawn to Karen or come around her, have this artistic bent to them. So just a few more questions. Tell us about the time frame. This is set in the late 60s. So is it 67, yeah, it's 68? 68. It's yeah. 68. And yeah, um, yeah it's, yeah. Uh, it's a, it was a very, I remember it. I remember mm-hmm. trying I to, <laughs> oh, I know, trying to struggle through streets when protests were yes, going on. Yes. And, and I remember the, uh, I just, I just remember the feeling of mm-hmm. it. I think what's exciting to me about the generation that I see right now is I see some resonance with that time. Mm-hmm. They are politically becoming much more active. They are making sacrifices yeah. about about themselves. I adore these people. Yeah. They're beautiful. And uh, I think they have much more in common with the 60s than they realize. Mm-hmm. So, right. Well, and this is your first published work, yes? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I have... More uh, or less, or no? Have you done published other things? Well, there's a... There's, I was in an anthology of short stories. I, I don't have many things. Nothing graphic has ever been out. Uh, oh, this, oh you had a short story uh, published. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay. That's, that's, that's okay. it. That's really very well, little. I know. <laughs> that's, well, it's amazing because, I mean, all I've been saying since I finally read this book is, who is Emil Ferris? Um, how did you come to be published by Fantagraphics? It was a very long, arduous thing, and there were some amazing people involved uh-huh. in the process. Um, and I'm not sure what the logistics of mentioning them at this point is, mm-hmm. but there, I, there are some beautiful warrior women mm-hmm. who, uh, Holly Bemis is one. Well, do you do your age? Uh, yes. 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 Um, there's a woman named Judith who is a, a saint and an angel, uh-huh. and a woman named Katie who is, was, the, was the first person outside of Holly who looked at this book and said, yeah, I want this to move forward. Cool. She is uh, now with Norton. She's an amazing person. Shout out to Katie and Judith. Katie, Katie and Judith, <laughs> Judith, uh, who who really did something amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to get to to expand it uh, to Fantagraphics, um, and Toby Devin Lewis, who gave me some money early in the process. Mm-hmm. I, I got an award through her grant, through her foundation or whatever, awesome. to move forward with the book, mm-hmm. and I, I I am eternally grateful for that. Um, but Fantagraphics and Gary, Gary is a visionary, as you know. I yes. mean, he's he's an amazing Absolutely. human being who understands comics. Like, Absolutely. I think it's part of his DNA on some, yeah. in some way. And he looked at the book and, and just, he got it. I mean, yeah. he, we, I had a phone conversation with him. And, and of course, here, well, here I'm talking to somebody who is advanced comics <laughs> so far. And I spent my childhood looking at so much of what he has put out there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, he has. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I just was. I didn't even really. I kind of felt gobsmacked by the whole experience. Nah. Like I, I just couldn't even believe my book was going to be out with them. And uh, you know, it was a real honor. And uh, it was very. I am very yeah. excited yeah. about it. Well, um, it, it, I, I'm, I'm, I think we're going to wind it up here. Um, uh, it's really such a great pleasure to meet you. Uh, I, when I finally read the book, I, I emailed Jack Cohen, who, who does the publicity, and I said, "You know, I'm kind of shook. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I knew you know, Fantagraphics publishes good books, but your your book is really um, it's it's something different. I, I I really do think that the reaction you're getting now is going to be repeated uh, at a whole other level once this book is out and into the world." That makes um, me very happy because I hoped while I yeah. was doing it that it would break boundaries. And it, a really, I'll tell you, my, the book I told you about, about the Navajo kid, mm-hmm. I really hoped it would set other people free. There's a lot mm-hmm. of imperfection in the book that I see, but I also know that when you put something out there, 
it's very idiosyncratic. You said a brilliant mm-hmm. thing yesterday to me. You said, um, what was it? Personal um, uh, aesthetic indulgence. That's yes. how you described yes. <laughs> the best of comics. Sure. It was a personal aesthetic indulgence. And I really believe in that. I also really, really believe that when you do something, you should have a spirit to say, okay, other people who want to do this thing, you go free. You do what you really want to do. And I'll tell you, it's going to be ugly and messy, and it's going to be 16 hours a day if you do comics. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, do it. Just do it anyway. And the so-called imperfections in your work, just because they're, they're next to some incredibly rendered... I won't use the word perfect, because to me, perfect is more of a flaw. But they're just such extraordinary renditions. These so-called imperfections of flaws, they, they add a, a whole other level of life and vitality to the drawings. I mean, there is no doubt a human being made these drawings. Well, they, that's you the know, nicest thing I think you might, no doubt might have it. said to me. Yes. Because I really kind of, uh, despite I, my love of monsters, I think we the, to be a true human being is to be the greatest monster, you know. Yes. <laughs> the best monster you can be. <laughs> and uh, I really do hope people get set free by the book. I hope that they enjoy it. But I also hope that they connect with it in the way you did. Well, oh, you know, who can, it's, who can it's, This is going to be repeated on a, on a mass scale. Uh, I, it's hard to imagine someone encountering this book and not being affected by it. It's my so, prayer. I really so the, the book is called My Favorite Thing is Monsters. It's mm-hmm. coming out from Fanagraphics in the fall, I think mm-hmm. September or October. 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 So we're opening, we're uh, Halloween, Halloween, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. A big uh, witch's hat. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I, I love it. Well, it. We'll get back in touch with you when it comes out. Um, Emil Ferris, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you, Calvin. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Uh, well, this week we are uh, broadcasting, well, not really broadcasting, recording, I guess would be a better term for it, uh, live from the floor of the Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, it is uh, one of the premier um, annual festivals of independent and self-published, uh, self-published comics. And I have the great pleasure to be on the floor here at the NBM booth. And um, we are about to interview uh, Cyril Pedrosa, uh, author of the new graphic novel, Equinoxes, um, according to my notes, and I, so I don't forget, but really, a really sumptuously illustrated um, narrative, that it, like a lattice work that brings together like memory, time, social connections. Really extraordinary book. Uh, Cyril, thank you so much for uh, being on More to Come. Thank you for your words. I mean, it's just a pleasure to be with you and to have the opportunity to talk about my work. So I'm really pleased. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, um, I was familiar with your name, but I really had, although I think I have read one of your books that was published a few years ago. Were you published by First Second? Yeah, by First Second. It was Three Shadows. Yes, 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 yes. I read that. I read that uh, a number of years back. Um, uh, I really want to get to talk to you a little bit about the new book, but Mm -hmm. perhaps you could let our listeners know just a little bit about your background. I know you were an animator as well. Not uh, an animator. I mean, I I was, uh I started as a cleanup assistant in in animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe spent one year and a half ah, in a Disney studio in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then, but at that time, I was already starting to try to do the comic stuff because that's what I want to do since I'm a kid. Uh-huh. And then I met a, a guy, a French guy called David Souvel, who writes scripts. And then we start together to do books, etc. And then, mm-hmm. after, years after that, I, I did almost my first solo book which is Free Shadows, mm-hmm. uh, and then now Echinoxis is the last one, in fact, published in France too. And you have a, do, you have, do you have a memoir or another book as well? Am I confused? A memoir? Yeah. Ah, yeah, Portugal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that in English? Uh, in, a di- in a digital version, yes, uh-huh. published okay. by Europe Comics. Okay. Yeah, and there is also another one, but I don't remember the English name. Heart of Sea. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read those, but they're on my list now. Okay, right, excellent. Right. Oh. Well, um, uh, what I wanted, I, I, I mean, I'd love for you to maybe give your own description of Equinoxes. I have, I have some, I have some, uh, well, I, I've it's read some of your material online, so I know yeah. you're a little reluctant. But, I, but, I, but one of the things I do is I, I, I have read the book, and I, I have some things I'd love to hear your reaction to. But, but just, uh, we'll get, I'm sure our audience would like to know 
your own description of it. Yeah, it's a so, bit tricky to do it, in okay. fact. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the story is about few characters mm -hmm. that we will follow during one year. And the, the book starts in autumn and will finish in summer. That means more or less that we, I try to start from the shadowish side of the characters mm -hmm. and try to follow them until they will go in a more light way of their own life and feelings. Okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, more or less, all the characters, there is a common point between them, which is, let's say, loneliness, uh -huh. inside loneliness. Uh -huh. they, have feeling they, are, they have the feeling they are not able to share things with all the and I try to describe in the book uh, how, in fact, even if they don't want to, they are connected together. It's uh -huh. more mm -hmm. than the idea. And I try to describe um, what, what is connecting them. Mm -hmm. And I try to talk about art, political issues, social issues, mm -hmm. all, the, all that things that make us human beings, in fact. Well, this is good. Well, these, those are the things, actually, that I wanted to Excellent. get a response from you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean... I sort of pulled a number of themes that I responded to in the book. I mean, the, the main ones I sort of, kind of immediately was this sense of time and of survival. And when I say that, I mean both sort of a personal, individual sense, but also even for the species, it seems, to some Who's degree. The species? What is oh, uh, mankind. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. In fact, each time I, I start a new book, to be honest, I. Uh, at first, I start to I try to answer to a personal question, mm -hmm. so it's very personal and intimate. But the idea by doing books is not to answer to a question to myself. Then the idea is to share it to the other, not humanity, of course, because I'm I'm not that pretentious. Yeah. But uh, only to readers, try to catch something and tell to the readers, hey guys, have you seen that? Have you noticed mm -hmm. that? So I try at the when I when I start to write the book, the script of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I wrote some monologues inside voices uh, in my sketchbooks and, uh, and, I, and I realized that they are all related, they are, they are linked between mm. all those monologues. They are all uh, different characters and I, say, and I realized that they, in fact, they all have this common point. Mm -hmm. They feel absolutely alone, um, but all this, those feelings inside those um, inside voices that can be shared with others. Mm -hmm. You keep them for yourself. That means that you can't access to the to the others inside voices. In a way, it's a bit a drama because that means that the others you you can't you can't never access to the other. But we desperately want to be connected sure. to the others. Mm -hmm. That's why we are human beings. So I try to I try to de describe this paradox. In fact, yeah. well, that's part of what what I sense in the book. I mean, the, uh, you mentioned. Um, um, the connections in the book the, yeah. between these the, these characters and uh, I, I in particular I notice of course the, the importance of art yeah um, and it, both the photographer the little painting music comes up time and again yeah. and of course the cave paintings which seem also to sort of tie even over once again it seems to go back to time again so I, 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 these, these things leaped out at me while I was reading the book. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, uh, of course, I think that in this book, I really try to, to focus on all those things that connect us, but which are higher than us. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that art and beauty is, is something that you're looking for, something far away that you mm -hmm. try to reach, in fact. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it makes us human beings because sure. we try to reach that. That's the idea, in mm -hmm. fact. So I try. I start from my own personal experience, of mm -hmm. course, to, to try to be fair when I when I try to describe the situation. When suddenly, I mean, for instance, you 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 see a painting in a museum, and suddenly you are overwhelmed by emotions and etc. And you feel deeply human. Suddenly, sure. there is so many how say that dirty things in the everyday life, mm -hmm. and suddenly you became better with sure. art. And I and, and I and I love to try to talk about those let's say, positive things in the humanity, mm -hmm. something like that, yeah. But these, these connections, you, you pull up so many of them. Uh, one or two other things, politics, politics. Is but also conversation. And, and you use conversation throughout the book so well, and obviously that can be a trick, tricky thing in a, in a comic. I mean, you know, when you're, but you seem to bring it off uh, because of the beautiful drawing, I think, as well. Oh, thank you. And, and, the, and the, the physical, 
relationship of the characters, mm. but the, the the text. So that that these seems to be elements also that. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I love to, I, I love to write dialogues yeah. and create those kind of situation, etc. Of course, uh, not of course. I mean, it's because. Well, in the real life, I like that. I like mm-hmm. to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a best way to be in relation with them, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but you're right when you say it's not that easy to to succeed to to make it uh, something uh, alive in in a comics. It can be boring. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the the tricky point is to find a way to to do the mise en scène. About how to say that? Uh, well, you know, you, as you say, to 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 catch the good attitude, etc., etc., yeah. yeah. and it's always a challenge. In fact, and sometimes I'm not sure I succeeded. I mean, or maybe the scene is really boring for the reader. I don't know. <laughs> But when you when you manage to catch it, suddenly it becomes really close to real life, and I and I like mm-hmm. these moments when when it's succeeding. I think I should say also that uh, Nazeli Kuregans from Europe Comics is here and uh, helping out from time to time. <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying. I've got so many notes here, <laughs> but you bring together friends, families, yeah. familial dysfunction, yeah. um, but uh, in a very complex way. I mean, and I'm not giving a sense. I mean, uh, we can talk about this book, but as you go to the book, because you 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 leap back and forth between the lives of these, you know, seemingly random people who who come in contact. Yeah, but it, you know. That's why I called it a lattice work because you seem to conceptualize life in a way that you can't really see. Yeah, in fact, you know, when I was working on the book, uh, of course, I was, you know, like each time I working on a book, I, I got a lot of notes about mm-hmm. all the characters, and there is plenty of things that I don't use at the end of the book. Of mm-hmm. the book. But it's like a lot of short stories everywhere, and I try then to to connect them slowly. And um, the very interesting. Um, point in the process for this book was to, to like creating a kind of architecture mm-hmm. yes. as you say there is a lot of different plots or mm-hmm. uh, specific uh, uh, how to say that subjects political as you say familial um, uh, family dysfunction etc but, 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 but that, much affection yeah, as well but that's fiction yeah, as yeah. well because it's real life is like that yes Yes, very often. I mean, if you don't live in a tragic family, yes. it's okay. It's sure. more or less this yeah, kind of situation. There's a petulant teenager. Yeah, and with the, yeah uh, but I try to, and I try to, in a way, to be gentle with the characters, mm-hmm. to be fair with them. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes, you know, uh, there is all the. Ca- I love all the characters in in mm-hmm. that book. Even some of them are very sometimes rude with others, mm-hmm. etc. Sure. But but they got they got in fact good reasons to do that. So I try mm-hmm. to describe it in a fair way. Yes. Let's say. Yeah. And to connect it with oh, everyday important things like, for instance, political issues. I think mm-hmm. it's very important to try to find a way to talk about political. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how is it. Well, I have an idea about how is the situation in the USA, but I don't leave <laughs> don't here. Don't ask. <laughs> but you it's know, it's a mess. But go on. It seems to be. It seems to be. But it's not better in Europe and especially <laughs> well. in France. So it's it's quite hard in France, for instance, to. To, to, to try to make an uh, how to say that to, to catch people or to bring them mm-hmm. back to political uh, events issues etc sure. to make hey guys this is your life you need to be mm-hmm. involved in that whatever you think you know you, you, you need to be engaged and it's quite hard because everybody is afraid or fed up with political sure. so uh, what I love political because I, I think mm-hmm. we this is life we can't we can't live without political sure. issues we are creating our mm-hmm. world by doing political so It's, I try to find a way to talk about that, even if one of the characters, for instance, Louis, is absolutely yes. not fed mm-hmm. up, but he's the tired older, now. The older he's gentleman, old. yeah. Mm-hmm. He, pay, he pays, he's done the job. Yes. But mm-hmm. now he, he needs to do something else. But he, he has no regrets about mm-hmm. what he's done before. He knew that he, it makes sense at the moment. Uh, so, I, and I try to say that also, that, uh, okay, sometimes you don't have to do it because it's uh, a duty, just because you feel it's important then go ahead do it mm-hmm. so it's something like that yeah. uh, I'm curious about the photographer and the role yeah. that the photographer plays uh, she sort of stops everything I mean because <laughs> there is this motion yeah. to the book yeah, right. and kind of allows you to she's a kind of witness you. in a way yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'd love to hear what, how does the photographer work she arrived quite lately in the mm-hmm. process of the writing uh-huh. uh, because in fact I was um, 
uh, I was looking for something to make the link between the comics pages mm. and the literature pages. Mm. It wasn't yes. that I know it wouldn't be that easy for the reader to go mm. from to the other. So uh, uh, suddenly, uh, my girlfriend, in fact, to be yeah. honest, talked to me about Vivian Meyer. You know oh, this yeah, photographer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I read about her on on the author page. She's, on, yes. She was a great artist, yeah. but mm. absolutely unknown. In fact, she spent her whole life as a nanny with mm. a very poor situation. But she spent her whole life by creating and by doing photography. And uh, her art is really beautiful. Mm. And I was very uh, toast, toast in fact, by her personal situation. And I love the idea that she spends all her life all her life uh, just catching pictures on paying attention to the others and I, and I thought hey that's a good idea a photographer suddenly can stop the situation and then yeah. by doing a portrait you can get inside them sure. and be able to suddenly like, like a scan like a scanner uh, being able to absolutely describe what they are feeling at that moment and it was very interesting and the funny thing is that at the beginning the photographer was more or less just a witness was passing around mm -hmm. and paying attention to the other and the more I was writing in fact this photographer became him itself a character and I, I was interested by the idea of trying to describe what are her personal feelings about mm -hmm. creation the doubt uh, mm -hmm. the way that sometimes she absolutely feel lost etc mm -hmm. etc um, um, where, where was I here um, well I wanted to ask you a little about the drawing as well. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, well, you know, I, what, what I really want to ask you now is the, the, the sections, the seasons that are usually introduced by the sort of native character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where I, my original comment about survival sort of came in because at different points, even this primitive character seems to go from, you know, avoiding the predators to hunting to art yeah. there's a there's yeah. a, so I'd just be curious to hear you talk about okay. how that fits into the structuring the in book. fact well there is a, a kind of solid structure in the book even mm -hmm. if it's not very uh, obvious for the reader mm -hmm. the idea is not to say oh look how smart am I etc no it's just that I, I thought that I need this solid structure to put all the plots together mm -hmm. and then as you say each season starts open mm -hmm. with a with this primitive story, yeah. with the young guy. And the idea is, in fact, that he's alone. Mm -hmm. And he, he managed to survive because he's strong, he's a strong, mm -hmm. prosthetic boy. So, but the problem for him is not surviving. The problem that he's alone. He wants to be in relation with uh -huh. all the human beings. Um, during the world book, each, each season, yeah. in each opening, he's going further to try to find your other human mm -hmm. beings. And at once, in spring, but I well, I don't want to tell the war story, yeah, but yeah. well, suddenly something <laughs> happened important for sure. me. And mm. the idea is that, in fact, this young primitive guy, young boy, sorry, mm. is connected with all the other characters in the book. Uh -huh. In fact, it's it comes from a personal experience. I mm. once in France, I visit a cave, a prehistoric cave, mm. and I saw the, some uh, footprints on the ground, you mm. know, coming from mm. prehistoric time. And it was so, so touching mm. to see, ah. you know, it was little kids' footprints. It was, oh, it's a human being, a real one, you know, and I'm connected to him. And I, when yes. I get out of this cave, I was, I thought, in fact, I was different after, uh -huh. before and after having seen, after having seen his footprints. So I, I, it's like it was a, an evidence that we are absolutely all connected together. In a way, maybe I was very in a good humor that day. I, I thought, <laughs> okay, it's a, this is meaning of life, you know. Even if it's small things, uh, those, those small things that we, that we do every day will have influences to the other mm -hmm. generation, etc., etc. Well, there's a great sense of that in the book. It is, you know, yeah. Without it's, giving anything away, all of these no, no, elements not, that you it's mentioned. Not big, it's not a big deal, etc. Yeah. It's just little things. But because uh, it's so, you know, it, you, you, you reach a point in the book where all of these things come together. The politics, yeah. you know, the, 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 the prehistoric era, the caves, these things, all, they all you, you get this sense of connectedness I tried, over time. I tried that. I tried yeah. to connect them, to, yeah. to, to make sense, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Now the drawing, I mean, yeah, the drawing. You, you go through, uh, I mean, obviously you've got a really, uh, um, 
really wonderful polished style. But oh, you thank also, you. There, but there's there there's there's a sense of expressionism in it. The way you use color. Can you talk about how you plan that? And I love the uh, description. I think on the author website of uh, yeah. how you start. I mean, <laughs> yeah. almost as Just, if you're stalking whoa, the yeah. drawing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the idea. In fact. Um, Basically, uh, at the very beginning of the process, I, I write the whole story, uh-huh. really, like uh, something stronger as possible. Sure. And then I start to draw when everything is written. And the idea is I try more or less uh, to move my drawing according to the story. Mm-hmm. That means that I had in mind when I started to, to draw the book that each season will have its own personal style. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, uh, autumn is made with uh, watercolors, mm. but very uh, gray colors. And then uh, winter is, is very, pen- it's pencil, in mm. fact, just mm. uh, different tunes of gray. And then in spring, I used some pencil colors and pastels. And at the end, in summer, I used very uh, colored, powerful, uh, yeah, the colors digital, pop, pop yeah, very pop up, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to use graphism and colors to make sense with a story I try to mm-hmm. I knew that uh, I know that I have limits in my personal expression my abilities mm-hmm. but I you know it's like it's like having a garden okay it's mm-hmm. a small garden but you try to go everywhere in this sure. garden to yeah to, to to not focus in an habit or to use gimmicks every day mm-hmm. no you try just to express yourself with the, the largest field possible this is so the main it, idea. It creates a great sense of, uh, of variation throughout the book, but also uh, a great change of emotion as you move from section yeah, to section. Yeah, I try which is to. Great also. You know, it's sometimes I know I yeah. fail, etc. But I try to, mm. I try to, you know, to read the script again and to say, okay, what what is the, the aim in this situation, in this sequence? And then I take my paper and it's like, okay, let's try to to catch the emotion in the text and put it in the drawing, mm. and it's. There is a lot of improvisation, in fact, in mm. that moment, and it's fun because sometimes you, it, you're in despair because you don't find a way, and and you, you have the feeling that everything is going, it's a mess, you know, you, you it's always mistakes, etc. <laughs> and suddenly something happened which is not that bad, so you keep that not <laughs> you that keep bad. It in. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a great. I mean, whether you're drawing these like these landscapes, uh, the seascapes, or or an urban setting, you really have a oh, way thank you so much. to capture the, the feeling of the place. Thank That's you. Really, thank you so much. Really great. Well, look, this is really terrific. I do want to ask you a little bit about being here at, yeah. um, at SBX. This is your first time? It's my very first time. Yeah. And I'm very impressed. In fact, I, I couldn't imagine it was so huge with so many uh, great artists. Mm. And it's nice because the, the audience, it's very, there is... I should say traditional comics readers, yeah. but also just people yes. interested mm-hmm. by, and it's really nice. I appreciate that, and I, I like uh, the, I will say that the very easygoing things, etc. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice. Very easy to meet people, etc. Yeah. So it's it's a good moment. It's really really one of the great. Um, it seems co- to be comics arts festivals. Yeah, it's in, a great, in the country. Great place. Really great is. place. Well, look, this has been really great. It's, a, it's terrific to meet you and, of course, to hear you talk about your work. It's a great pleasure for me. Thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for you.